What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. I tend to look at things and say, at least if I don't accomplish the goal, at least I would have developed the skill or perspective in the process. In this way, I've always found something to get out of it. I've always found the process itself to be beneficial enough and almost more fruitful than the actual result. So much is built on the way to what you want that by then, getting there is just a byproduct. It's bound to happen because of all that you've built along the way. So in the same way that I tend to frame everything like this, comes along with how I frame this podcast. And I say, if nothing else gets accomplished through it, at the least in the process of it, I will have learned to exercise the ability to formulate thought and speak and get closer to what it is that I'm feeling. And that in itself are qualities that take a person to outlier heights because so many of us lack the ability to think and express clearly so those that do naturally stand out. And although writing as a medium for expressing is in its own right one of the most impactful and everlasting forms of communicating, speaking is one of those things that, when honed properly, has a more impactful response in the immediate term. Outside of recordings, in real-life interactions, there is very little delay between you speaking and uttering the words that are coming out of your mouth and the person in front of you hearing them and replying and responding to them. So while writing is great for reaching the hearts and the minds of people as well, there's a huge delay between it being expressed in writing form from you and being taken in by the person on the other end. And this delay also gives you the benefit of carefully crafting and choosing your words in your writing. Speaking ups the ante and requires that you carefully craft and choose those words on the go, fast, in the flow of a conversation, with very little ability to edit those words once you have uttered them. It's almost a higher stakes of communication because it's happening so fast and how it's received is also communicated back to you so fast that you must process at that same speed. So you must be processing what you are trying to say and have it come close to what you actually say in real time. What you are trying to say and what you actually say should be very close in real time, or the person who is receiving it will respond to that unintended gap between what you are trying to say and what actually comes out. And that response to that unintended gap, your inability to communicate and bridge that, will take you further effort now to bring communication back into alignment. So I would say that speaking 
in terms of priority, is probably a higher order skill to work on and develop prior to even writing because it will affect the quality of your relationships in your immediate environment starting today, starting in the next interaction. And the better and closer you get to being able to clearly express what it is that's on your mind and what you are feeling, the more satisfied you will be in your relationships because more often than not, people will be responding in the manner which you have solicited because you're expressing clearly and there's less of a gap between what you mean to say and what you actually say. It's almost like you will have a degree of power a control over your future events because you can clearly articulate your needs, your desires, your cares, when you're hurt, and all the other emotions that usually distance us from a person when we're not on the same page. Now, as I start to think about this, the more I realize that the reason why speaking is also hard as a thing to develop for most people is because the moments that call for communication to be most necessary and speaking to be the bridge between two parties, those moments tend to be so emotionally charged that we tend to revert to what comes naturally to us. And that would be us trying to behave in a way that's least compromising in those events, to navigate those events in the best possible way. And we don't get enough low stakes opportunities to practice speaking. So for most of us, unfortunately, that means to not speak in those high stakes environments that are emotionally charged. And that means most of us learn to bite our tongue or to say less than what is felt inside. And then that gap between what you really felt and didn't know how to communicate will be felt by you as a weight. And if this relationship is something that you expect to maintain over a long term, it will create distance between you two. All because of this inability to bridge those distances with communication. And because of that fear of compromising or burning a bridge, we failed to build one. And I've talked about what leads to this in a past episode, all the way back to episode 29, what I called half-hearted harmony. Essentially, when you don't hone the skills to communicate and speak, what you say and speak cannot be counted on. Think about it. If you say less than what you, if you say less than how you feel in fear of upsetting the other person or ruining the relationship, and let's say you agree to do something or go along with whatever they're saying or you don't fully stand up for yourself in some way, then, then while you're there to fulfill your agreement or with them at the place you went along with, are you really your authentic self? No, right? There's this duality about you now because of this gap, how you feel inside this hidden world and what you were able to explain and show outside, which is increasingly getting further and further away from how you feel inside. As you don't have the ability 
or the resources to speak it and bring it closer. So can you really be counted on? I mean, if you're not fully doing something wholeheartedly, aren't you there in some form of false pretense? Can you really be counted on? Speaking then becomes this antidote to an inauthentic life. But unfortunately, many of us, because of our temperamental differences, have different starting points as to how uphill it feels for us to begin the exercise of speaking out our feelings. It's different and more difficult for some of us. For some of us, it is much more threatening than it is for others to speak up. We have different starting points. Some of us have had our voices drowned, broken, and beaten out of us. So while I don't discount the fact that the challenge is different for each of us, what I can't help but point out is that none of us get to opt out of the game. The alternative, again, to the inability to communicate, to build a bridge between us and someone else, based on our true feelings, will result in an inauthentic bridge, one that we won't be able to sustain and one that will crumble under the weight of any future we plan with that person. Skillful or not, we aren't exempt from the need for communication as the only form of connection between us and another person. It's all we have. And uneditable speaking as a medium, being the only medium that must be honed as a way to deliver what it is that we truly feel in real time. So what actions happen in consequence are close to sustainable as possible because we don't have to pretend to maintain them. Speaking then is how we build most of the life we experience on a day-to-day -day basis. And where you sit in the hierarchy of what you value is based off of your ability to communicate effectively. So why am I thinking about this? Because I'm surrounded by seniors with resentments. And I'm constantly party to third party complaining. People who express the gaps in those feelings that they fail to express to the people they are complaining about. Now we still have a need to live authentically, but we just try to align it somewhere else by complaining and getting it out and our true feelings out to a third party, which actually blunts the energy and the frustration that should be there to actually address it directly with the person involved. And all in all, I continue to see this one thing as the most common, most obvious source of self-inflicted discontentment in most people's lives. And all of it comes down to this inability to communicate. To say no when you mean no. To not bite your tongue and agree when you don't actually agree. To not take or accept less than what would free you from remorse. All these determine how much resentment we have in our lives. All of which can be brought into harmony through effective communication. In one of my last pods, I said, true communion requires communication. Communion, communication. 
the unity of a community, communion, the coming together of us done through communication to form one of us. And I'm sad to see people I love turn to coping faster than turning to expressing their needs that would require the other party to do some work as well and have the other person get a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes that's me. When I first met my girl, she wouldn't communicate through her feelings effectively in the moment at all. At the time, she was a great writer. She's a great, even a better writer today. But at the time, she relied on that good writing as a medium to communicate. So when I hurt her feelings, she wouldn't say anything. But then I would have a four-page letter to read with all of her feelings. And at times, I would get upset like, I'm right here. I don't want to read a letter. It's almost a form of one-way communication. And really the reason is because writing would allow her to manage her tonality, carefully choose her words, and deliver something that she considered to be most effective and productive. And hats off to that intention. But it still misses the satisfying element that leads to communion without that person in front of you going through those spectrum of emotions live and unfolding in front of you. That's where the intimacy is built. And seeing and being there in the middle of someone's raw emotions is where it's built. But again, in that heightened state, many of us don't know how to communicate effectively, how to use our words. So we resort to less risky methods that can detach us from those emotions. But they also detach us from the possibility of that intimacy. And now because in the maddening years living with someone like me, she obviously learned to speak well enough to be a formidable opponent in any debate with me today. And I've made my life more complicated than I needed to probably now that I think of it. I might have created a monster. And though it might have been easier for me to dominate the conversations and discourage her from standing up to me, I wanted an equal partner. I instead encouraged her to articulate her needs. And we still don't communicate the best because we live on different planets, but that the point is that if there was ever a chance of intimacy, it would only be through this bridge and we've been given language so that we can articulate and create a world that we desire to live in. To create one with our words. And my mother, on the other hand, grew up in a generation where women learned to be subservient and obedient and bite their tongues. And my father played right into the tyrant dynamic, which only made it more likely for my mom to assume the slave role. And she never learned to express her needs in her relationship. And that's led to her aging with reflecting on things that hurt her heart 20 years ago and waking up to the reality of a marriage where her and my father can't emotionally provide and rely on each other. They do so physically better than anybody I've ever seen, but emotionally... That distance of 20 years, 30 years, 
of not having the ability to communicate has led to a lack of communion of souls. Souls distanced through the inability to communicate that compounded through decades. So what's the only way to connect to each other? All the verbal and nonverbal cues that go along with speaking through our feelings live with a person and co-creating and leading our relationship in a specific direction together in dialogue. So anytime you sense a gap between what you have felt and what you are expressing to the person in front of you, understand that inauthenticity or gap will test the integrity of the bridge you are trying to build between you and that person in this relationship. And unless there is some political strategic reason for you to maintain that inauthenticity, understand that it will definitely keep you from the depths in there possible for you in that relationship. Every time you forego the opportunity to take on the challenge that each of these scenarios present to actually communicate and hone the ability to communicate, to stand up for yourself, to have the uncomfortable conversation, understand that each foregone opportunity will weaken your standing with yourself as well. Because again, it's not that you just build that bridge to connect to someone else. When you speak, it's not just that you're building that bridge to connect to someone else. It's also so those true feelings inside of you get the signal that you are also connected to them and that you see them, you feel them, and use them to shape the world that you are in. Or else they won't let you live anyway. So choose your heart. There's no easy way out to authenticity. I love you, family. See you on the next show.